Hello guys, welcome back to the treatment room. So we are here today with Josh Maniscalco, aka my good friend, Agent Rx. He's been on the podcast before and he's back today. And today we're going to talk about something I think we can all benefit from. I'm laughing because I was just talking about this with Josh and this is truly a topic I feel like I'm taking notes with you guys on. Today, we're really talking about stepping into your confidence as an esthetician, maybe as a, as a business owner, as a human being, and owning your presence, aka being a bad bitch, bad bitch 101 with Josh. Josh, do you want to give a little brief intro and then we'll get into the topic? Okay. Well, hi. Thanks for having me back, babe. We had so much fun last time, and um, it, we've been trying to do this for a while. This idea came, like, months ago. Yeah. I forget how it came about. Hmm. I think it was, like, after our last pod, we're like, we should record another one. So my intro is um, I've been an esthetician for almost 18 years. It'll be 18 years this September, actually. Um, and I got my original transcripts from my school, which is hilarious, right? Been a business owner for about seven years. Uh, I've been you know, working in the treatment room hands-on for the past almost 18 years. And then recently in the past couple of years, I've expanded my definition of my career by exploring new avenues, um, creating my own product line, um, educating other estheticians and kind of stepping into my own bad bitch energy. Um, and yeah, I think, I guess a little bit about me would be, you know, I, I went through a very, really, really dark time in my life um, in my teenage years. So I was bullied severely, which created really intense social anxiety. And it made uh, traditional learning like very difficult for me, like in college and stuff. And when I finally found aesthetics, I dropped out of college. And what I realized looking back um, was that being in aesthetic school was the thing that my nervous system needed because it was so relaxing and accepting and calming the environment. I wasn't like looking over my shoulder all the time, like, oh, are the jocks going to beat me up? Or like, do you know what I mean? It was like all girls. Enya was playing. <laughs> yeah, There's lavender in the air at all times. And, you know, those clinic days, oh, the best. And so I realized, yeah, like looking back that that's why I think another reason why this industry had such an impact on me, you know, because it was a, a nervous system like reset for me. Like I felt safe. So anyway, um, yeah, I guess that's my little intro. Is that good? I, I love that intro. And I relate too, because I came from working in a, a corporate environment from working in a newsroom, which was so fast paced, high stress all the time. And I thought that was normal until I got to a point I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I was drawn to the opposite, something that felt safe. And I feel like part of what we're going to talk about today in being a bad bitch is that <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds funny, but you truly should feel safe, especially in your business and in your profession. And I think there's a lot of situations we had you guys write in and tell us some of the things you're struggling with that you feel vulnerable about. And it's clear there's just a lot of situations where people don't feel like they're in control. Mm -hmm. 
so Josh, to you to kick us off, I want I want to ask you what does being a bad bitch mean to you? Like if you had to define it, what would it be to you? You know, I think for me it's a mindset number 1. I think being a bad bitch is a lot of things. I think yeah, it's confidence, right? But confidence is hard earned. Confidence is trusting yourself. So that takes a lot of work. Um, I think there's, you know, obviously the, the, the one that I think we all think of is being a bad bitch, owning your shit. Now, I don't take no shit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just no. Like, being able to say no. Like, that's bad bitch energy, right? Like, there's so many different ways, I think, to express what that means. But for me, I've kind of settled with, it means that I'm a curious human being that gets to fail and everything is an experiment. And that's my definition of me being a bad bitch is like those things because it gives me freedom. I feel free as a bad bitch. Like I feel like no matter what I do, it's going to help me to evolve to that next level. And that's also being a bad bitch is, is kind of constantly evolving, not really staying stuck. I think the opposite of like a bad bitch is staying stuck. For me, that's what it is. Complaining, you know? So it's like the little kind of things that I think we all have, we all do, right? Um, but I think if you identify with those things and make them part of your, who you are, that's where I think a lot of people get tripped up is like they kind of become these, you know, more negative sides of, of emotions and expressions and getting stuck, you know, because of, well, you know, negative self-talk basically. What about, what do you feel like is not bad bitch energy? I guess we just touched on this a little bit. Complaining, victim mindset. What about just somebody who feels timid and unsure of themselves? This is tricky. You know, I mean, I try to think like, I've said this on my podcast with Ashley before, and it's like when I give advice or, you know, when any of us give advice, um, it really is so individual and unique to the situation. And so I think when you ask like if someone feels timid or whatever. And I, and I think there are a lot of people that feel that way. Like they're timid. They're, they're afraid to show up right on social media or whatever. And, you know, I think again, it goes back to mindset and I think it goes to like, what are you, what's your definition of like a fulfilled, happy life? Number one, let's just start there. And then from there kind of like tear down to like where you're at right now. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, if if being on stage and performing uh, Romeo and Juliet is your ideal, but you're too timid to do it, well, then what steps can you take to get there? Do you know what I mean? So it's like you have to really define what it is that you want in your life or your business. Yeah. And if you're timid, well, fine, that's okay. That's a normal, you know, human emotion and and fine. But we go back to that being stuck energy, right? It's like, well, okay, you're timid, but how about we make a change? What step can we take 
to get us like just a little bit closer to not being timid, right? To, to getting out of that energy and kind of exfoliating off that thing we're like carrying around. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. And when we're talking about timidness, a lot of that is my personality. I feel like I'm very shy and a lot of people would kind of see me as like a little lamb, like so timid. And stepping into business, you just simply can't just be that anymore. So for me, it's been a lot of growth and a lot of like learning to trust my instincts and my voice and learning to say no has been something that's that's been hard for me. But we're going to talk more about channeling your best bad B energy. Go ahead. Yeah. But I think, you know, for someone that is shy and timid, it's, it is more, I think, sometimes when saying no – what that means is I'm going to offend. I'm going to turn off someone. It's not so much about you. It's about the other person or people. Um, and that's where you kind of like, that's not bad bitch energy because it's focusing on outward validation, on outward, um, you know, approvals or disapprovals, right? And so bad bitch energy is bringing the energy back to you because it's like, yeah, we think a bad bitch says no. Right. <laughs> but like, why, why does she say no? Why does he say no? Right. And a bad bitch is genderless. Y'all come on, get with it. So, <laughs> you know, it's just like that, that energy of being able to say no comes hard earned, I think. Right. It's like, you can't really say no until you've said no. And then experience the quote unquote, consequences of that no, which again is a mental game. It's a mindset because in your mind, what's, give me an example of something where you, you know, had trouble saying no in business. I think this could be, I could think of a million scenarios. I've been in situations with partners where I feel they're mm. asking something of me that I'm not comfortable with, or that was not discussed or there's there's certain expectations that don't feel fair to you, a time where you might have to say no to prioritize the business. When communication feels- wasn't clear or something. Yeah. Yeah. Communication wasn't clear. I could think of examples with clients where people are just kind of pushing, <laughs> pushing your boundaries, mm. trying to I don't know, maybe take more of your time or get a get a certain discount, um, something mm. like that. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of questions from the listeners about those kinds of scenarios. We'll take that and we'll, we'll go ahead and get into the listener questions, which Yay. is quite a lot. These are fun. We had asked SDs, we want to know what are some areas of business where you feel you lack confidence or when do you feel vulnerable and want to feel more empowered in yourself? Okay. So I was thinking I could ask the question. I want to hear your answer. And if I have anything to add, I'll just chime in. This esthetician says she struggles with selling retail to her clients that need it. 
Mm, okay. Interesting. So there's, I think there's a few layers like to get very specific would be difficult here. So I'm going to generalize, but when you, when you're selling retail, quote unquote, selling retail, she just kind of put her own answer in the question by saying, uh, selling to clients that need it. Right. So if you just flipped that around a little bit and instead of selling to a client that needs it, how about you just offer a solution to what they're asking for? And so that teeny like mind shift can make a difference because you and your mind, girly, are saying, I'm a bad person for selling. Selling is bad. Sales are bad. People don't like sales. That's what's going on in your mind. That's the only reason you'd write this question. Now, the, what, how you have to change your mindset is you have to say, mm, this client is my client. They've come to me. They've chosen me. They're begging for my help most of the time. They want my help. Baseline mindset. Second step in the mindset is I know my shit. I went to school. I'm licensed. I mean, I'm hopeful. Hopefully this girl's licensed or guy. I don't know who they are, but, um, and so there's step two. Like, so, so now you're, you're the authority. You, you have some experience here. Um, and you know, I'd really like to say a lot of people that get out of school, their first thing is, but I just got out of school, but, 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 but no, bitch, I'm sorry. That is not an excuse. Being out of school, being fresh out of school is the best fucking time of your career. Guess what? You get to experiment. You get to fall on your face and you get to say, but I'm a new esthetician. <laughs> so I get to fail. I get to learn. I get to grow. Right? It's a lot harder to be 18 years in a career and not know something and admit it. Because guess what my shit could be? My mindset could be like, oh, I should know everything by now. I need to be, you know, I need to know everything about there is about skin, right? Like you could see it either way. You know, both mindsets are fixed. They're a fixed mindset. It's this is how it is and I can't do anything to change it. Instead of flipping it to a growth mindset, which says I learn by doing, by failing, quote unquote by accepting challenges, by saying no and seeing what happens, by experimenting. That's how I grow. That's how I become better. And that's what I want is to become better. And so I'm going to do X, Y, Z, B, D, C, all of it, right? So back to her question, yes, flip your mindset. You're providing a solution to what your client needs. And it's really not up to you to control their reaction either. It's not up to you to be responsible for their feelings on it. If they can't or can't afford it, this is what I hear all the time. But if they can't afford it, but, 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 nope. Know your demographic. Who's your demographic? Go with a line that's less expensive if you're in a suburb of a suburb of a suburb or a rural area. Come on. Like, <laughs> let's be real here. There's, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, be real about who you are and what you offer and where you are. Start yes. there. Yes. Josh help? Yes, it does help. Josh said said this word and it's what I always go back to. 
you should view your products as solutions, not just another product. You should not have products on the, on the shelf that you, do, you don't know their purpose. You don't really feel they are effective because then it is just another product you're trying to sell. If you have a solution for your client who walks in with acne or hyperpigmentation or aging concerns, we're not saying it's a cure, but it is a solution, temporary solution to the issue. And we really need to understand it's a disservice not to share our products and our offerings. And your client has the ability to say no or walk away or say, you know, I love this idea, but I can't afford it right now. I'm going to set aside a budget for later. Trying to consider their expenses or count the money in their pocket is, is not realistic and it's really serving nobody. If they wanted to figure it out on their own, they really would not be at your place of business. Mm, that is an excellent point. They'd be at Sephora or the drugstore wandering around, but they've probably done that before. <laughs> excellent point. Um, I also think that they, well, I don't know. I want to get to the other questions because I know we got quite a few. So, Okay. Um, a lot of questions like in this similar vein that do have to mm. do with confidence. So the next one is about rebooking clients. Mm. We struggle with that. I don't know if it's to actually say, which I know it can be hard to say, I'd like to see you back in two months mm. and really have that confidence at the end of the meeting. Okay. Yeah. So think? we're, I'm okay. We'll need to kind of build a quick little foundation because Yeah, I want to try to be as clear as possible here. Okay. Rebooking a client is a necessity for what we do. Because if you don't, then you're not really treating the client professionally. You are just an esthetician that rubs faces, really. Because in order to be in alignment with the skin's biology, you must... Treat them every 28 days to 30 days. That's the ideal time frame for skin cell turnover, period, as an adult. Can we get there all the time? No. But I'll tell you one thing. Any client that's seen me every four weeks for the past 10 years looks 10 years to 15 years younger than their friends that don't, period. They made it a priority because I educated them early. So that foundation I was talking about comes early in in your career. But don't fret. If you're deep into your career, six years, and you're still not saying what needs to be said to your client, you can always change. You can always change and because you're going to adopt the growth mindset, hunting. Do you see what I'm saying? Once you change your mindset, then anything's possible. Then you don't have to stay stuck. Then you can be a bad bitch because every day is new and everything's an experiment. So when here's, a, here's an actual factual way of rebooking a client. Just like, here's a conversation. So you've finished your facial. I don't like to say I would like. I say I need. (laughs) I need to see you in four weeks. (laughs) I need. Because that's what I do. I'm here. I'm the esthetician. And I need to. If you're hiring me as the esthetician, that's how I do my job. 
now. Why? Well, it just goes back to what I said. We want to work in alignment with the skin's turnover cycle, which is ideally every 28, 30 days. Say whatever you want. Every four weeks, whatever. That's it. That's all you got to say. Now, their reaction is on them. They're, oh, I can't afford it. I'm not coming back. No. What? You just want to tell me. Oh, my God. That's what you think they're going to say to you? Like, <laughs> really? You think they're going to throw, throw a tantrum and be like, no. Like, no, honey. Like, get out of your head and get into the real world. They're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Book me. And then I'm going to give you another little piece of advice, hunty. So if you want to make it extra tantalizing, offer them something special for their next time. So a, a discount on their next service. So I'm about to launch a new membership. And I've done memberships for a long time in my career. I really love memberships. Uh, because number one, luxury brands do them. One of my favorites is Restoration Hardware, one of the most luxurious, well-known brands in the world, and they have a membership. Okay. What does that tell you? I don't know, but they know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> and they're thriving. So I'd like to be that, right? So that's just one example, but there's many airlines. Every airline has a membership, right? With points and every credit card has points, right? So think about that. Think about business. What do businesses that are successful, big businesses, what do they do? And how can you adopt it into your small business? So here's how you're going to do it. So whatever your prices are today, Little Miss Sally's Peel Shack, she charges $50 for a peel. So she's going to now release a new, <laughs> I don't know where I came up with that name, but she's now going to release a new menu of membership. And so now her menu is going to say that peel costs $60. But if you're already a client and you see me every four weeks like you need to, then it's $50 still. So you just raised your prices, but you kept your client. Does that make sense? And you also enforced a boundary that says, hey, you see me every four weeks, this is the price you pay. You see me every six, this is the price you pay. You see me every eight, you see me once a year, this is the price you pay. You need to come up with that as a business owner. I can't come up with that for you. You also, you know what I'm saying? You also need to know where you are you have there's a lot of different questions but i think that's pretty clear i love the i need phrase i think that's so powerful so bad bitch i feel like something i'm realizing as you're talking and sharing these nuggets of wisdom we as the professional we need to assume that our client is willing to do what it takes to get their dream skin like we don't want to assume they are okay with the bare minimum or average results. We need to set the standard and say, like, I'm assuming you're here to get incredible results and change your skin. This is what I need to get you there. At any point, your client can say, no. you know what? I can't. I'm not interested. Yeah. I don't. Af I can't afford luxury services. Okay, then they really probably wouldn't be there anyway, but we are doing a disservice by letting our own mental stuff and our own, I feel like it's almost like people pleasing, like we don't want to upset or come across as demanding or aggressive. So we assume that they don't have high goals, which I feel like is not even appropriate for us to do. So for me as a 
I'm not going to say recovering people pleaser. I'm I'm working on it. But for me, I think what helps me is reminding myself like it's truly a disservice to the client to to not have that expectation. I would 100% agree and you know, in my practice still to this day, if I want, you know, I see a client complains about their pigment or something, let's say. This is what happened yesterday or the other day. Um, I was like, well, you know that I really love the perfect derma peel for that. And you're going to need to prep for two weeks, three weeks, and then come in and do, and your face is going to fall off for four days. Yeah, no, I don't want that downtime. Okay. What do you think I did? Cried about it? No, I gave her the solution. I told her, and I've told her before, but the clients are going to cry again. They're going to be like, oh, but this pigment. I well, okay. Here's the solution again. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I'll, I'll go, I'll refer them. I'm like, you know what? Maybe go get an IPL. Maybe go get a clear and brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to last. The results aren't going to last though. Do you know what I mean? In my opinion, just speaking technically, I like chemical peels much, much better than lasers. I feel, I find lasers to be very quick fix. They induce a lot of inflammation and the pigment rebounds real quick. And it all depends on the the person operating the machine. It's very rare that I would entrust my face to a laser, honestly. Rianne, the master esthetician, shout out to Rianne. That's, she's like one of the very few. Anyway, I said all that to say that what you were saying too is just like so perfect. It's like, we're doing a disservice by not just giving people the facts. Just be factual about what you know. And if you don't know, then you need a mentor <laughs> like in this industry, right? Like if you're if you're timid and you're shy and you don't know how to talk to clients, you don't know what to do with your business, hire a mentor. That's what it's for. That's what we are for. I'm a mentor. You know, Ashley Curtis is a mentor. All of us. You, ask, people can book with you, right? It's like find who you vibe with book an appointment with them. You're, it's not a waste of money. It's the most value you're ever going to get out of your career is speaking to someone that already knows and has already been through this stuff. And I feel like a lot of this stuff is psychological and maybe like partially developmental, like part of somebody's lived experience in programming. And maybe in that case, it's even a therapist and asking yourself, okay, why am I assuming my clients who are already walking in the door, already giving me their money, why are we assuming they don't want to come back? Is it a question? Do you feel not confident in your skills? Is it yourself? You know, maybe there's something to work work through there. But I think asking yourself like pausing mm. and asking, okay, why did I assume that? Is that even, is that factual? Does that even make sense with the data I have? Or am mm. I taking this to like some weird place in my head? I love that. And really that's where it starts too. It's like bad bitch energy. Being a bad bitch starts with asking a lot of questions of yourself because if you don't know who you are, how can you be a bad bitch? How can you define? Because you have to define it. You have to define bad bitch for yourself. No one can define it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I think everyone's capable. It doesn't necessarily mean you are this cold person who doesn't have emotions, who doesn't care. I think you can be your own version of that. Just by respecting yourself. 
and knowing yourself and knowing your triggers, knowing your vulnerabilities and the areas that you need to improve. I mean, I love these questions. And it's also, have you asked yourself? <laughs> like you said, why Why am I even asking this question, right? But I love when people a- ask questions because it means you've taken the first step to getting to know yourself better. You're looking for help. You're asking for help. So just bravo to anyone that reached out. and Because there's a lot of people in a lot of times in the past where I wouldn't even write a question because I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a dumb question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So the people that are on, on this list, all these people – Y'all are making progress just by even asking that question and listening to this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay, we have another SD asking about enforcing cancellation policies. Josh is really good oh, at this. this is my favorite. <laughs> okay, oh, I'm a little ASMR cancellation <laughs> policy. <laughs> <laughs> I watched like TikTok. Do you ever watch those? The ASMR? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you send them to me. Fog ASMR. Oh, my God. I love that one. Yes. Um, okay. So here's the deal. Number one, how does a client find you? Usually the internet or Instagram. What's their journey? So a, a client journey is how do they get onto your table? What are the steps that they have to take? And Basically, the first step should be filling out a client, you know, a skin history form, right? They find you on Instagram. They're like, oh, I see her jelly mask or her microdermabrasion or her hydrofacial. I want to come in and get that. So they click the link in bio. Hopefully they know how to do that or they DM you. You send them the link. It goes, it should go right to a client history form. On that form, it needs to ask them all the pertinent questions that you need to know, but there also needs to be a section of boundaries. It doesn't say boundaries, but this is what it is. You list your cancellation policy. You list your return policy. You list um, the frequency for visits. Okay. My frequency, my shit, when my clients find my business, they already know that the average client sees me every two to six weeks. And, And that varies based on skin condition, budget, all that stuff. But I don't care if someone's quote unquote poor and can't afford it. If they're coming to me, they can afford it. Or they'll find a way, but yet I'm not, I'm not hard. I'm not hard and fixed. I'm not like, oh, you're coming to me with acne and you can't afford this um, every two weeks. You know, if the, I ask people to be honest with me, I ask them to communicate with me clearly and honestly in that consultation. I say that I say, I want you to be as honest with me as possible. Think of me as your priest, as your doctor. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's how honest I want it. So that's the start. You know, every new client, start off with honesty, open, clear communication. And on your policies, list everything that you want and that you feel they need to know. And then when they sign, when they check it off, whatever, it's done. They've been given the information. So you can always refer back to that if you get an email questioning something, right? So here's your homework. Where, what are the things that you're coming up against where you're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like how this client behaves. I don't like this. You're going to need to write that down and then come up with a solution <laughs> and then put it in that initial form for them to sign. I think for me, that's the simplest way to turn over a new leaf and get into that bad bitch business energy right there. It's business. It's not assuming it's these are the facts. This is how I run my business. That's it. 
I don't know. It's pretty simple to me. But if there was a more detailed, you know, scenario on that, oh, it was cancellation policies. So, okay, so a client that you've had that didn't sign this thing and they didn't know, or they claim they didn't know because they know. I'm sure you have it. Square, all of the major softwares, they have it right there. It says it. Okay. So enforcing that means really knowing who the client is. So if a client has been seeing me 10 times in a row and they never missed an appointment, obviously I'm not going to charge them the first time something happens. If they're like, oh, I, you know, my son is sick or whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? Come on, let's be real. But then the pattern. Some people would, some people will. And that's fine. For me, I prefer long-term relationships and I feel like that would be very weird. That's like an odd, weird thing. Like I'd be like, oh, okay, you see me only as money then. Like I don't like that. I don't want to feel that way either. If I'm patronizing a business for a long period of time and then I have an emergency that comes up and I'm honest and I let them know ahead of time and they're like, too bad, I'm charging you. That's not That's like greed and like weirdness. I don't know. But if it's a new client, best believe I'm charging them. What? If a new client booked with me and then they had an emergency before their first appointment, they're getting full charge. Honey, I don't know you. You're not taking advantage of me, honey. Do you see? There's a balance. You know, everything in in business, I think, is a balance, especially with client relationships. Think of it as a relationship. You are in relationship with this client. How would you want to be treated in relationship to another person in business, right? Think before you like act. You know, before you get all upset and in your feelings. And second of all, if you are in the mindset of 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 like abundance, <laughs> which is a whole nother mindset that we could get into, but if you're in that, you're never gonna feel a loss when something like that happens because you are open to life giving you something greater. Always. When something shifts out of your reach. The, the law of the universe, something must take its place. Some energy must take its place. And unfortunately for you, if you're in a shitty mindset, then it might be another challenge. <laughs> you might be getting hit with challenge after challenge after challenge until you wake up and say, I surrender, life. I surrender to your abundance. I surrender to your mercy and kindness. I'm not trying to control this experience here. I'm not trying to make everything bend to my will. The next question is, I lack understanding in how to price my own services slash my worth. It's so interesting she's grouping her worth with her services. Mm. Makes me sad. I think that's common. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's really normal. I think that's really like, here's the thing. This is something in my business right now. So I hired my first employee (laughs) at my business. I've hired other employees for other businesses, but this was different. This is my baby. You know what I mean? This is something I care deeply about and have worked very hard for. So it was not easy for me. I never wanted to have an employee, by the way. I charge a lot. I charge a lot for what I do. Um, And it didn't seem fair to have an esthetician come on that was nowhere near as experienced as me charging the same thing. And so we have created a menu specifically for her. 
And so there's a menu with Josh and a menu with Alicia. And, and this is what, you know, just to, to, to backtrack a little bit, we had this conversation in the beginning, you know, we communicate very clearly with each other. We tell each other how we're feeling about things. We've had confrontations with each other, discussions. I, I don't want to see, say disagreements. I want to say it's, you know, someone felt something and they needed to say it. Like, this is how I feel about this. And I didn't like it. Do you know what I mean? It's an adult discussion about feelings and expectations and that's okay. But it's honest, clear communication. So with all that said, back to the worth situation, I mean, it really would depend on your uh, clientele. Are you fully booked? How experienced are you? Are you working for someone else? Are you uh, working for yourself? Um, How much are your treatments? Okay. So like, how do you price something? First, let's get the facts out. Let's, Let's separate your worth from your prices, first of all, and let's just get the facts out on your services. How much does your service cost? Do you know? Start there. From there, how much does your rent cost? What are the costs associated with your business? And if you're not a math person, that's fine. You don't really need to be. You just need to write things down, right? Or get someone that you know that can write things down if you can't write. But if you're an esthetician, you probably have both your hands and you can write. So write down your costs and really analyze that in terms of a business and not a personal worth thing. And then from there, I would say, well, how much have you invested in yourself? (laughs) That's where you're going to get your worth. Do you go to classes all the time or do you just listen to free podcasts? Do you know what I mean? Do Do you pay a mentor to help you? Or are you just listening to free podcasts and looking on Instagram and doom scrolling to, to compare yourself with others and see what they're doing better? Let's be real. So I'd start there. I would also ask, are your current clients happy? Are they seeing a result? Are you hearing positive things from them? Are, or are people just not coming back, not saying anything? That's a really good point. I mean... Those are all considerations that need to be addressed. And I would put it right back into education because if that's happening, you're clearly not doing something correctly, right? Whether it be business or in the treatment room protocols. And I I, I would also add, I think we also need to understand there's not a correct price. There's just, are people willing to pay it? Like, I wouldn't let yourself feel stuck, as we referred to earlier. Sometimes you have to try a price and see if if people are going to bid on it and, and if you get customers. Also, what's going on in the zeitgeist, right? <laughs> like, is there a recession? <laughs> are people freaking out? <laughs> like, adjust. Stop fixing. Stop fixating, sorry, stop fixating on one thing. Get out of that fixed mindset. Get into a growth mindset. This is what I'm trying to tell you. You need to be able to be flexible with whatever's going on in business. And especially a small business, you need to be bouncy little bitch. You need to bounce around from this thing to the next thing. To You need to make it work. There is no choice. If you're working for someone else, 
this person must work for themselves because they wouldn't be asking that, right? Um, but you know, I I even ha- when I worked for someone else, I had to fight to raise my prices. I said no. I said my service is worth more than this. I need it to be more. But she's like, well, we all have to raise then. I'm like, great, let's all raise. The hell, she fought me tooth and nail, my my ex boss, and and I finally got a, a raise across the whole board. I still wasn't happy because it wasn't enough. And that's what drove me to leave eventually. Because I was like, you know what? No, I'm not staying in this freaking 1992 pricing. Like, shit costs more. My life costs more. Like, your business costs more. Like, I don't know why you're selling yourself short. Yeah, so it's it's a common thing. I think even business owners are afraid to raise their prices. So common. And the status quo and just like being open is their mm-hmm. goal. It's like, well, let's yeah. just pay the bills. It's like, yeah. Why? That's yeah. scarcity. And look that at you. Scarcity. What? I'd say, and look at you. Your prices are high. You're thriving. You have full books. I have full books. Um, we're, I guess, technically going towards recession. I don't give a fuck. Like, I went through the 2008 recession, which was ridiculous. You want to talk about recession. Like, it felt like doomsday. And... I picked myself up and I said, this isn't getting me. Fortunately, I was in therapy at the time and I was being coached on an abundance mindset during a recession, which was exactly what I needed. But that's what got me out of it, out of it and, and through. And yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful for that recession because it taught me, you know, I was alone in San Francisco on my own. Boom, 2008 happens. We This city was the worst city in the country to get hit. This is where it all started with Silicon Valley, right? So it was like crazy. And it was just like, it was just hard. It was like that. Well, it was the housing market too, but in in this area, tech and stuff got hit hard. So it was like, it was just wild. And I just remember like post that looking back and being like, wow, like I really like put on my bad bitch energy and like did what I had to do. Like I work, I went to work at a place called Pure Beauty, which was like a Sephora I know. Yeah. And I just, I took a room that was in the back that was like used as a storage room, but it could have been a facial room and it had a sink and everything. And I convinced them to let me work there. And I would take people's names from the floor and I'd be like, hey, enter to win this raffle for a free facial. So I would get 20, 30 names a day, people walking in. I'd call every single one of them. And be, I'd call one and be like, you won, come in for your facial. And then I'd call everyone else and I'd be like, you won 50% off a facial. And they'd be, I'd be like, you didn't win, but you got 50% off. They'd be like, oh, great, book me. That's how I stayed booked in a recession. Yes. And the, most of them bought product. A lot of them referred friends and came back. And I was just, you know, and <laughs> there was one of my friends was like, oh my God, aren't you like embarrassed to be working there? Like, that's like, oh, bottom of the barrel. I mean, she wasn't really a friend, but. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not embarrassed. I'm from New York. I do what I got to do. Like, I'm not leaving this career to go wait tables. This is my passion. I love this shit. So I'm going to make it work. I'm not too good. Right? And that's the thing, too. People th- think they're too good for shit. Bitch, please. You're not a bad bitch. Right? You're being led. You're being led by what other people think of you. So you're not really leading your own life. That's that's the other point. Bad bitches lead. They lead their own life. They live their own life. 
They don't live by someone else's approval or what other people say or think about them. That's bullshit. But we all do sometimes. Even I do still. But it's not my North Star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, come on. If I had just let the status quo and what was normal and expected of me be my reality, I would still be working for somebody else. I'd still be in the treatment room. Nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't what was meant for me. I would not have a product line because I'd heard before it wasn't wasn't the cool thing for estheticians to have their products. They should really? represent brands. All these things we've been told. It's silly to be on social media, to <laughs> have a YouTube channel when you have 40 subscribers. You have to listen to your intuition and stop outsourcing your life to other approval. people. Yeah, it's an outsourcing mm. your life. I love that. Literally. Yeah, you are you are it's so funny because you were like saying earlier, like, I admit, I don't think I'm in my bad pitch energy. And I'm like, what? I think the thing maybe that you need to connect to is that you really are. And here's the thing about a bad bitch, which I feel like we should just do part two of this because I think there's a lot more questions and there's a lot more that we could talk about. So let's do a part two. But I want to say in closing, because I do have to run, um, that a bad bitch is not free of bad days. A bad bitch is not free of self-doubt, of fear, of feeling lost. A bad bitch says, well, this is where I find myself, but I know I'm going to get to point B. That's a bad bitch. And point B being bad bitch. <laughs> point BB. <laughs> right? Because I my, my fiance broke up with me over a year ago. I still have moments, few, much fewer and far between, but I still have moments where it hurts, where I question things. You know, it's it's tough. Breakups are tough, especially when you've been engaged. You've been together four years. Your brain is programmed to like be with this person. And then all of a sudden they're like, no. Right. And so you're just like, wait, what? It's It's not, it's not bad to question yourself. It's biology right? It's it's the synapses in your brain. And this is what I had to figure out for myself. I was like beating myself up for it. Like, why why, do, why am I holding on to someone? Why do I love someone so much that hurt me so much? Like, how, how can I like still think about him? I needed to make that connection in my own bad bitch energy that, hey, compassion, you're going through a lot. Your mind, your brain is literally wired to be with this person. <laughs> it's okay that you love somebody who you were in love with that left <laughs> me anything and, wrong at all no and it's and it's no reflection on me as a person like i'm still a good person i'm still a great person someone will love me again right like it's okay yeah. but the most important thing is that i love myself right and that i stand in my bad bitch energy so anyway you but do. i would love to do a part two because this was this is awesome i oh we'll my gosh it. i love I these questions a lot of people resonate we all struggle it, that's such a great example. It doesn't matter how much experience you have or, you know, how how high you view somebody on a pedestal. We all go mm. through shit. We all feel vulnerable. And being a bad bitch does not mean you don't have those days, those vulnerabilities, those 
weaknesses, those human emotions, thoughts, experiences. Absolutely. And I think too, the, the, the darker emotions that we don't want to talk about can really help us. I think on part two, we should really talk about comparison and envy, yeah. especially on social media, because I can relate okay. deeply to that. Oh, yeah. And I've been I know. through it. So I yep. think that's something oh, that's that people really need to hear. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, thank you guys so, so much for sharing these questions. It was very bad bitch of you to <laughs> respond to our question box. And yeah, we love you guys. Thank you for letting us just share our insights. And hopefully we can all grow from this and be stronger as an industry, mm. just knowing you're not alone. I love that. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me share and we just love our time together. And I love that anyone that reached out and asked a question is just, yeah, like you said, that's a bad bitch move. Mm-hmm. Being able to be curious about life mm-hmm. and curious yeah. about your industry. That shows that you care, that you have passion. And and that's what you're choosing is to care about making yourself better. So love you, babes. Mm-hmm. You're all bad bitches in my eyes. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to do a part two, so we'll be sure to post a question box very soon. Thanks for coming on, Josh. I Thank love you. you. And hopefully the next one will be in person after our oh salad. God, that'd be fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We'll do it in person. Perfect. Thanks, guys, for listening. Talk to you soon. Peace.